Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. No, I, I can't. I can't do it. I'm going to make myself emotional with the, the Poisterman and the Claude and... Oh, my God. Folks, it's the end of an era. Claude Giroux, your captain of the Philadelphia Flyers for, for many, many years at this point. The longest tenured Flyer captain ever. This is just a bizarre thing to say to me and the feelings are still processing, but Claude Giroux has been traded to the Florida Panthers. The trade Philadelphia receives Owen Tippett, a 2023 third round draft pick, a 2024 first round draft pick. The Florida Panthers receive Claude Giroux, Connor Bunneman, Herman Rubstoff, German Rubstoff, I you know, I've never gotten that right over the years on a 2024 fifth round draft pick. So not only does our dear Captain Claude go Echo in the Bunneman and the germ get infected? I'll go. And that's what we have to discuss today. We we have the trade. We have Claude Giroux's legacy, his thousandth game, his successors in a, a compact little flight for you fan, you know, for you guys today. I'm excited to get into it. And with me again is Ryan Quigley to really just dive deep into Claude Giroux today. Ryan, how you feeling, all things considered? Steve, I'm sad you didn't keep singing. I was that hit the soul right from the very first <laughs> note. I was like, "Oh, baby, here we go. This is where we're going." <laughs> um, we were talking a little bit about this before we started rolling. It's been such a weird sensation since the trade. Like, I feel like Thursday night and Friday, it was just straight up sadness because, like. We all kind of knew Giroux was going to get traded. And I just kept watching that fucking video that Megan made. Oh, she she crushed it with that video. So just a shout out to Megan. Just a, a fantastic job. I mean, and no offense to the Flyers, who I'm sure worked very hard on their video, which was a good video, too. But I think Megan's was better. Megan beat the shit out of their video. Like, her video was very, oh, my God. Like, I have it bookmarked in my tweets, so I'm going to be watching it. Like, you know, I'm going to come back to it and everything. And Like, Megan's video is Eric Lindros, and the Flyers' video is Matthew Barnaby getting the shit kicked out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, there's one part in it. I think, um, yeah, it's, like, towards the end of it where it shows Giroux, like, kind of tapping his stick against his shin pad. And then, like, as soon as the stick makes contact with his pad, it, like, cuts to him doing the same exact thing back when he was, like, 22. And it's, like, oh, my – it just – it destroyed me. And so it's – yeah, it, it what a wild – great video by Megan. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like Thursday and Friday were just sad days. And then f- yesterday, Saturday, was more, like, a little bit of sadness. But I feel like there was just – anger too and not at not at Giroux and honestly not even so much at Chuck Fletcher because with that no move clause there was only so much he could really do like he really didn't have many options the apparently the Panthers knew that that was a the situation they knew that like Giroux wanted to go to Florida like there wasn't a ton that could have been recouped because they had all the cards in their hand 
So, like, I, I don't know who to be mad at. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. It's and so it's, weird. I hate that it's over. I hate that Drew. Like, I woke up this morning and Drew's not a flyer. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, that's made my life. It's bizarre to think about that he's not a flyer. He's been here so goddamn long and he's literally got the second most games played in flyers history bobby clark has uh 1144 claude has 1000 exactly which i think is going to be very cool in the record books to have exactly 1000 games played as a flyer but i want to get into his legacy and all that in a couple minutes but right now i really want to focus on the trade because as you said it was a very difficult situation and So it's interesting because people are pissed off. They feel like the Flyers got fleeced here, like they got ripped Mm -hmm. off. And as you noted, it was a difficult situation because of this no-move clause. And Claude really did just want to go to the Florida Panthers, which I find, frankly, bizarre. But there's so many weird caveats to this trade. So first off, when I was asked about this a few weeks ago, I said that what I want for Claude Giroux is, at minimum, a first-round draft pick. And a high-end prospect of some sort, or at least, you know, a, a good prospect. So, in theory, my my needs were met, because <laughs> Owen Tippett, while maybe not the number one prospect, which there, there was a, a small period of time where people really were convinced the Flyers were going to get, I forget the name of the, the Florida Panthers prospect, who is, uh, a, you know, a, a better bet than Owen Tippett at this point. But Tippett, you know, is not chopped liver by any means and the first round pick happened however it's a little deferred by a couple years because the florida panthers have just been giving out first round picks like paul holmgren at the end of 2010 were you talking about denisenko because that's the guy i was also looking at as well i feel like dennis was the one of the yeah he was the prospect that i was hoping that would get sent over to the flyers but um yeah i don't really a lot of people are saying that Owen Tippett is basically like Morgan Frost 2.0. Like he's he's a bust. He's already what 23 years old. I believe he's 23 already. He was drafted 10th overall in 2017. So like, um, but he does kind of fit that criteria though. Like he he is one of their top prospects in their farm system. You know, take that with what you will. Given they don't exactly have the deepest prospect pool, but I mean, he is one of their top prospects. And I don't know it. I it's almost like, like you've just... been baked a cake, right? Like, uh, again, I've been watching a lot of like MasterChef and shit, shit recently. So, <laughs> like, let's say Gordon Ramsay has told you to to bake a, a cheesecake, right? And you have all the components there in this cheesecake, right? But like, the crust is a little burnt on the bottom. Like, uh, maybe it's like a little, I don't know, mushy in the middle. Like, it's just you did everything technically right, and it tastes like a cheesecake, but it's just not quite what you wanted. Yeah. Bad job. I saw someone post something on Twitter yesterday where it was like, um, I think somebody replied to the Flyers tweet welcoming Owen Tippett to the Flyers. And actually, I do want to say that before I say this, a lot of people are going to probably be mad at Owen Tippett for no reason, just because he was involved in this trade. Can we not do that? Can we not? Please don't like boo Owen Tippett in his first game. He's playing today against the Islanders. Uh, perhaps yesterday, depending on whenever this podcast goes live. Um, He's playing against the Islanders on Sunday and it's in Philly. I would, I would love nothing more than for 
everyone to welcome him to Philadelphia the way he should be welcomed. Like, welcome him with open arms. Like, don't be salty because the trade wasn't executed to your liking. Like, he had no control over that. He's still a kid. And we don't even know how good he could end up being. He could end up being a really good player who just hasn't taken off yet. Like, I just, that's one thing that I really want to make sure people understand. Like, he has nothing to do with this entire trade. Do not throw light up bracelets at Owen Tippett. Don't, <laughs> don't do, please, God, don't do that. But I did see something kind of funny yesterday on Twitter because um, from what I can tell, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Owen Tippett, but he's not, he's definitely not a perfect player. He has his flaws. And someone posted a photo yesterday on Twitter of uh, like, I guess an old record player, like an old beat up record player just sitting on the side of a sidewalk somewhere. And there's a note on it written in like Sharpie basically saying broken, but could be fun to fix. And that's like kind of what the vibe is around uh, Owen Tippett. Like I'm hoping he could end up being a really, really good player. And it's not to say that he can't be, I think he, he definitely could be, but I understand people's um, lack of hope in the flyers ability to develop young players because that, I mean, it's failed time and time again in recent years. Hopefully they hopefully it, it's a different it's a different song and dance this time. But I mean, you know, just given what we've seen recently, it's really hard to feel much um, optimism, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's hard to wonder when everything is going to click into place and and start to work for this team. Going back to the actual what was received and given in this trade. I find it so unusual that the Flyers have traded away the best player in this move and gave away technically more assets than Florida. So the Flyers had four pieces moved to Florida. Philadelphia received three pieces and granted, you know, the three other three pieces besides Claude really ain't that much when you think about it. Like it's Connor Bunneman who less his heart. He tries. I know Maddie likes Connor Bunneman because he is a guy. He's a hardworking guy. Right. And, but he's not a guy who's even putting up points at the AHL level. So he's at best, at very best at his peak, a fourth line NHLer, probably even more of a bench guy to replace. So you ain't losing much in Connor Bunneman. I'm not losing sleep over that. And I'm certainly not losing sleep over the germ. Uh, I believe it is a uh, German Rubstoff is how it's pronounced. Is that right? I do believe German, yeah. German, that's right. But whatever, the germ... He's a bust, right? He has not worked out at all. He's a bust. He was a guy that, like, he could have mustered some excitement for when he was drafted, but he had fallen because of the Russian PED scandal and everything. But he just hasn't worked out at all. So it's nice for him to get a fresh start. It almost feels like like Chuck Fletcher. You're talking about, like, the record player by the, the side of the road. It almost felt like Chuck Fletcher was, like, giving somebody, like, a record player, right? And he had, like, these two, like, kind of shitty records. But he's like, I'm throwing these in, bud. Yeah, yeah. If you take this record player, you get two free vinyls for nothing. Just enjoy them. And then it ends up being, yeah, like, it's just, it's a weird, I think people were going into this trade expecting it to be Giroux for a bunch of stuff. What those things were and the quality of them, who's to say? But I feel like a lot of people thought it was going to be Giroux and then the Flyers get back a bunch of stuff. And for the Flyers to technically give up more than the Panthers, I think really threw a lot of people off. Um, and honestly, it threw me out too. I, I was not expecting that to be kind of the theme of the trade. I, I was expecting it to be Giroux and maybe one more piece. And then the Flyers get 
uh, some future assets, a couple prospects. And for Owen Tippett really to be the centerpiece of the trade, I mean, we had heard that there was interest in Owen Tippett, but never did I think he was going to be the the number one guy, the number one centerpiece in the deal. So that I feel like a lot of people are just really disappointed with that. And, you know, but again, like we talked about earlier, like that no movement clause really just it destroyed this entire thing. And people are going to be angry about the trade. People are going to look back upon this trade and probably say that it's one of the worst trades the Flyers have made in recent memory, for sure. Um, but I just, what else could you have done? You know, like, what could you have done given the the situation where Claude wanted to go to Florida? Like, he wanted to go down to, I imagine, where it's nice weather. <laughs> like, he wanted to go down to the nice weather city. If you like it hot and humid, then by all means. Yeah, head right down to Florida. Um, and then, obviously, the Panthers are just a really good team and they have legitimately sh- great shot at winning the Stanley cup this year. They're like second in the league standings behind only Colorado who apparently according to, I believe Frank Saravalli, I believe he tweeted this yesterday. Uh, according, according to him, there weren't even talks between the flyers and avalanche, which I don't know if I believe like, well, I'm seeing news all over the place on that because I've also seen like the avalanche had a better offer than the, yeah. like, I, I don't, maybe there weren't like formal talks, but like, I, I think there was definitely like a, an offer submitted. Maybe there weren't yeah. talks about that offer, but I, my understanding is there was an offer that was submitted. Yeah. And like, I know Charlie even said that, that like they definitely, there was some sort of negotiation there. And I, I mean, I believe Char- Charlie doesn't report something unless it's like pretty much true. So like, I don't know where Sarah Bali got that information. I, I don't know. I don't know any of that, but what I do know is I'm going to be rooting for the Panthers so hard this summer. Like I, I'm going to buy a Giroux Jersey. I'm going to, I mean, I'm fully on the Cats bandwagon. Go Cats, lifelong Panthers fan here. Like, I really hope it works. I really, there would be nothing worse than seeing the Panthers and Giroux lose in like the first or second round because Igor Shosturkin just stood on his head for five or six games. You know, I would absolutely hate that and then what like what would happen after that would drew come back like would he stay in florida would he go somewhere else like there's just i have no idea yeah what i would do if that situation were to unfold that way i'm so curious about this this florida only part of this because like i get it they are definitely one of the the top organizations for stanley cup odds and everything but I really am shocked that Colorado was not one of the teams he was considering. Like, unless Claude really just wants to be in the heat and hang out by the beach, which I get. But I also, I'm not mad at Claude Giroux. I'm mildly disappointed that Colorado wouldn't be on that list. Because at bare minimum, you want two teams that you can go back and forth between. And frankly... 
I just have more of an affinity for the Colorado Avalanche than I do for the Florida Panthers. Like I, I enjoyed the, the Avalanche a great deal in the late nineties when they were fighting the Red Wings on a, a consistent basis and, and beating the shit out of each other. Patrick was one of my favorite goalies of all time. Uh, Sackick, Forsberg. And then if he could go there now, he could play with McKinnon. He could play with McCarr. He could play with Rantanen, you know, Landeskog. Like these are all great names and this is a great team. And I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to the number one team with Stanley Cup odds, but it is what it is at this point. You really can't do much. And they got what they got. And again, like, I think people are acting like they got literally nothing. A first round pick, even though it's deferred a couple years, it's annoying, but it's still something. And Tippett is still something. You just would have expected a little bit more. Like, I don't really think it's the abysmal trade that most people are making it out to be, but it's an irritating trade and it's an irritating situation. And yeah, I guess go cats. They, they, you know, as far as this podcast is concerned, uh, they do love throwing rats down there and our logo <laughs> is a rat. So there's some synergy there. There is. <laughs> Somebody had sent me like a a Florida mascot thing with like a big inflatable rat or something the other day. I'm trying to find that. That was pretty funny to me. Maybe it was after we did the uh, the green room uh, wake of Claude Giroux, which was a, a good time. By the way, that was I like I listened to the whole thing. That was just so good. All the you know everyone just kind of reflecting on their top Giroux memories, and there's so many of them too. Like I don't know because I feel like for me um, I'm kind of a newer hockey fan. I didn't start watching hockey. I think I might've mentioned this in last week's episode too, but I didn't start really watching hockey until like 2012. And that was when Giroux was like, just at the top of his game. He was still young. He was like taking the city by storm. And he like, he's the reason I fell in love with the Flyers because he was just so electric and he's been electric his whole career. But like back then, especially and it's I think that's what makes it so difficult for me is like he's the player that made me like the Flyers and now he's gone and it just feels like there's that like almost emptiness now. And it's just yeah, it's a really difficult, odd feeling to know that he's just not part of the organization anymore. It is such a weird, empty feeling. And and thanks. I, I had a great time with that show. It was very interesting to me to hear other people's like stories about Giroux and, and their feelings yeah. on Giroux because like I'm an older Flyers fan. I've been rooting for this team. I mean, you can say I've been rooting for this team since 1989 when I was a might on ice when I was five years old, but really I've been rooting for this team, like really paying a lot of attention and like been invested fully emotionally in every way since about like 1994, 95, like that when they lost to the devils and Claude Lemieux back in the day, like I have been rooting for this team hardcore since then. So I might be a little bit more grizzled, a little bit more, not quite bitter, but maybe a little bit more empty already. So to hear other people just like how Giroux brought them into this game, how they made them Flyers fans and how he's pretty much the only captain these people have ever known. It was great. It was great to hear that. And it's great to hear these different perspectives because again, I'm an old man. I've heard, I've seen so many Flyers. I've seen Sean Podine. I've seen Trent Klatt, like all these names from back in the day. Every weird player that has come through here, I have seen and enjoyed. And I love that I only named two from like 97. Uh, quick side note, by the way, 
I looked it up. Matt Egbert was the one who sent this to me. I retweeted it from the Flape account. He said, there's nothing meh about getting to root for our friend, the Victor E. Rat, this playoff season. Best possible outcome. <laughs> Let's fucking go. He holds a special heart for the fly for for the uh, fly perfectly crowd. I mean, he's like you said, he's basically the logo. So he's the mascot of the uh, of the fly perfectly podcast. Yeah, so. our friend the rat and I guess Victory Rat are going to be great friends moving forward. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, do you think Panthers fans will kind of grab onto Giroux the way that Flyers fans have over the last? It's so difficult to say because I feel like I don't who know knows anything about Panthers fans. Like yeah. I, I don't. I've made fun of Panthers fans for years for not even being there. To be honest, like I, <laughs> I don't know anything about Panthers fans. Like most of the other fan bases, you know, at least a little something about. Like Boston, well, they're Boston fans. They're as obnoxious as they come. And then, like New York Rangers fans, they're like kind of these weird elitists about things. But like. I, they're also kind of assholes and uh, Islanders fans. Well, they live on long Island. So what more do you need to know? Jersey devils fans. They say. have the biggest inferiority complex of anybody in the world. And of course there's penguins fans who are just the worst. Awful. I will say, I do love that Giroux basically next trades to New York and Boston specifically. Like those two teams, he was like, absolutely the fuck not. I'm not going to one of those two teams. That's how, you know, that he was so perfect for this city. Oh, you know? for sure. For sure. I call Giroux got, these fans he got this fan base and you could see that in the thousandth game when he he did his like final loop to everybody and raising his stick like he's a guy who got it here and that's part of why i'm gonna miss him so much and i so i would like to get into his legacy in a moment but just real quick just going back on the the trade value stuff so my question ultimately is do we also have a a trumped up uh perception of what should be acquired for a Claude Giroux because our emotional connection is so high and we've watched him play for so long? Or are, did we get slightly fleeced on this deal? Because, like, I've been going back and forth because he is a an older forward on an expiring contract. We don't know how he's going to fit in with his new team. We know he's good and he can play both ways, but is he really the guy, like, is he going to mean the same to the Panthers as he does to the Flyers? And I, I just am not sure on that front. I, it's, I don't think it's possible that he could just because of how long he's been here and he basically captured the hearts of any like rational Flyers fan in the city um, for 15 years. But um, I don't know. I, I do like he's still good. Like he's still a really, really he's not what he was, but he's still a really good player. And no matter what happens, no matter how you twist it or spin it, I, I do feel like fans are going to look back on this trade and and think, oh, yeah, we got fleeced. Because of the NMC or not, it, it doesn't matter. Like, the Panthers definitely got the better of this trade. And this could very well be the move that puts them over the top to potentially win the Stanley Cup. Like, and if it is, you know what? Good for, good for um, the GM, Zito, to take advantage of the situation and bring Giroux in. I mean... I can't fault him for doing that. He, he made a smart move and took advantage of the NMC and, and you know, brought in a seven-time All-Star, the reigning All-Star game MVP. And, you know, the Flyers just got a package that a lot of people are not going to be thrilled with for a long time. But, you know, what's interesting to me is this, the fact that the first round pick is deferred by a couple of years because, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, I actually don't really want it next year, right? Because the Panthers are going to have a very, very, 
I know the pick is going to be at the end of the round. And it makes me wonder, like, maybe that's part of why the Flyers ended up going with Florida. Like, maybe if it was a situation where Colorado was involved and Giroux wasn't totally out on Colorado, I I don't know, because we're hearing so many different things. But um, maybe they're thinking, oh, well, you know, they have literally no draft picks pretty much for the next couple of years. Maybe if they kind of go on a little slide then they could get a higher pick in 2024. Who knows? Um, but they have a lot of good young pieces in Florida right now. I mean, you got Barkov, uh, Huberdeau, um, I mean, Reinhardt, Ekblad, so many good players, and uh, Spencer Knight. Yeah. And it just feels like the Panthers are a team that are going to be good for a while. So who knows what will end up happening. And even guys like Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair have been really good yeah. for them. And uh, I'm looking right now, Sam Reinhardt's been good for them. I'm looking right now at the uh, the cat-friendly death chart, and it looks like Giroux is currently penciled in on the top line with Carter Verhage and Alexander Barkov. So it's uh, Verhage, Barkov, and Giroux on the top line. So that, I mean, if he can keep up with the speed of everybody, which I I very much think Claude Giroux will be able to keep up with that speed, I yeah. think they are just going to make some fireworks together. I can't wait. I, I can't wait to watch that power play because they already had a dangerous power play, and now they're adding, like, one of the best power play players in the league to something that's already insanely good. And I'm just like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's going to be wild watching them, watching them work together. I didn't even consider uh, that the Flyers power play could get worse. And here we are. I was thinking that against Ottawa. I was watching that Ottawa game just in awe of how bad that power play looked. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is just the start. (laughs) Like, I feel like people, this is not like I don't know if everyone realizes quite yet, but the Flyers are so bad. We're so bad with Giroux on the team, and now that he's not on the team, they're somehow gonna get even worse, substantially worse potentially. He was everything for them. He generated so much of the play forward. He was one of the main reasons that the power play was able to convert ever on anything this season. And I, I don't know. It's it's honestly baffling to think that this team could be worse, and it will be worse. It's just, I don't know. I, it's it's yeah. I don't know what. To, it's a scary thought to know that we're gonna have to watch this product. Oh next. man, those one goal losses are gonna turn into like three goal losses right now. Oh, my and uh, final note on the the trade return. Um, I, for the record, do not give one single solitary shit about retained salary. I do not care about it because what were the Flyers going to do with that cap space for the rest of this year? Nada. I don't want them to do anything. Tank, baby, tank. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I feel like the part of the reason they also moved um, Rubsov and um, Bonneman was also to clear out a little space to potentially make a move to take on another contract from another team, perhaps if they move one Justin Braun or Martin Jones or something like that, they can get something in return. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only one year anyway, you know, I mean, it's not like they're retaining salary for multiple years. It's one season and um, who knows? I mean, he, I, I don't want to say this cause it's like complete speculation, but like, it's not impossible that Drew doesn't come back. So like, I, I don't know. I, that's a whole different story that's a whole different conversation for a different time but like um yeah i feel like the whole retained salary thing i don't 
really care at all. Yeah, <laughs> it it really it. doesn't. I, I, I saw some outrage over that, and I'm just like, I don't care about that. I have other things to get upset about. So it's going to be interesting to, to see how this franchise moves forward. Again, he could come back. I'm not holding my breath on that. But in the meantime, let's say the facts that we have. So Claude Giroux, second in games played, as I mentioned. Eighth in goals, yeah. 291. That was as of the 317 pregame. I don't think he had any points in that uh, that that St. Patty's Day game, right? Uh, he did not. No, he had he and he like after the game, he said, like, I played like shit. Like, I was, <laughs> he was very, very honest about how not into the game he was just because of the whole situation. Oh, I get it. I totally get it. And uh, for the record, that was a fantastic night. I think the Flyers, who people have given a lot of shit to this year as far as like their which I, I I think actually the presentation aspect of it and the, the marketing and stuff like I think, well, with the exception of the urinal, urinal commercial, I can make no excuses for the <laughs> urinal commercial. That thing is creepy. But for the most part, like most of that stuff has been good. Like it's just it's irritating to see anything marketing wise when your team sucks. It's just that simple. But yeah. uh, I thought they did a great job honoring Claude Giroux. They gave him the silver stick with uh, Bobby Clark. They took a picture and, you know, the the presentation was great everything was great and the team actually won the damn game for him but you know that's uh I, i'm just glad i got to be there and enjoy it with everybody and and be loud with the wells fargo center crowd like one more time was that the most juiced up you've seen that arena in like 10 years maybe maybe in a couple years like i've been there i mean they were juiced up for when i went to that the last playoff game i went to against the penguins uh yeah they weren't juiced up in the right way on the way out when they threw those some of those light up bracelets and like i saw somebody like run in the parking lot because they they gave away t-shirts okay and it was pouring rain and one of the penguins fans was using a t-shirt to shield himself from the rain on the way to the the broad street line and i saw somebody run up and just yank that t-shirt out of the guy's hands and run away just to be a dick. <laughs> oh. I mean, I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta love this fan base. Oh yeah. Well, actually, so he yanked it, but then the guy fought to hold on to it and it actually tore in half. <laughs> so it was like a little tug of war type situation. <laughs> in the that pouring rain. <laughs> oh, God. It was ridiculous. But, uh, Okay, back to Giroux's legacy, right? Okay, so eighth in goals, 291. Lindros had 290. Reggie Leach had 306. So he's between two great names there. Second in assists with 609. Clark had 852. Prop had 480. So Claude Giroux by a mile for second. And, you know, if he comes back, maybe he'll catch him, but I'm not holding my breath. Uh, second in points with 900. So 900 points in 1,000 games. So weird how that worked out. Very, very round numbers. I love it. Yeah, I like round numbers. They're very aesthetically pleasing to me and clark had uh 1210 yikes that is a lot and barber had 883 and first in power play points with 339 so claude Giroux just i mean without a doubt one of the great flyers of all time and his his legacy has been muddled by lack of playoff success but the fact of the matter is he is up there in all these categories for a damn reason, he's one of the most exciting flyers I've ever seen. And I know the old school guys don't appreciate him. The old school guys who want to punch people in the face and, and watch Frank Bialoas beat the shit out of people on a nightly basis, like, they don't appreciate him. And they, I saw some comments from those kind of guys going like, oh, we gotta, like, jerk Giroux off and shit like that. Like, yeah, go go to hell, dude. I don't give a shit about your opinion. More people love Claude Giroux and recognize him 
for the tremendous flyer he was than do not. So we're here to celebrate him and appreciate him. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying like, um, you know, when people list that he's second all time in points and assists and first in power play points, um, people will, you know, they'll jump into the replies and they'll say like, Oh, but uh, how about you tell me his stats from the playoffs and 20, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the Rangers series or the penguin series back few years back and it's just like are you they so conveniently forget just how insanely good he was in the playoffs when he was a little bit younger you know um back when his team wasn't had you know actual star power around him yager um i mean say what you will about hartnell but hartnell was a good player for a while Uh, hartnell yager and Giroux were one of the best lines i have seen together as a flyers fan they were amazing yeah. And so like they so conveniently forget how good he was in the playoffs young- when he was younger. And it's just like, what do you think is going to happen when you're surrounded by minimal talent and you get into the playoffs and you face Crosby and Malkin and Latang? And it's just like, oh, I'm sorry, Valtteri Filpula wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? You know, like. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Know. A defense with Nick Schultz and uh, Michael Andrew Delzato and Andrew McDonald is not going to get you over the top. Yeah. Luke Shen. I mean, offensive dynamo. How did Giroud not, how did he not carry Giroud to a cup? It just doesn't make any sense. Luke Shen Um, for James Van Riemsdyk. He will haunt (laughs) me until I die. And now JVR is haunting us. It's like going full circle. It's really hilarious. But um, no, it's just Giroud's legacy to me is going to be even though he'd never won a cup and, you know, say what you will about the playoff success. He didn't have too much of it. Um, he really endeared an entire generation of hockey fans to the Flyers. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those people, like without him, I don't know if I'm watching hockey. I don't know if I'm watching the Flyers, you know, and he, there was something about just his, his attitude and just his, he had like this snarl, um, especially when he was a little bit younger. Um, he was just, he's so good. And people often forget about how hard-nosed a player he is, too. He'll get in the corner, man. He will get in the corner. He can be scrappy as hell. Yeah. And remember that Penguin series when he absolutely leveled um, Carl Hagelin? I remember he got a nice clean hit. He bloodied him up. He just destroyed him. And then he destroyed um, Chris Letang, too. I believe that was in the uh, uh, outdoor game at the link. Mm. I mean, he... He lays huge hits all the time, and people just kind of they act like he's soft. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like he, that he was drives such me a- nuts. Like and like people who act like his leadership is poor because like oh he doesn't care about losing. Like you can see that man despises losing. He seethes yes, yes. after losses. And how do they like? It's not like they're in the locker room. Like every player that Claude Drew has played with has said that he's one of the best players they've ever played with. He's one of the best leaders they've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Like. It's so clear that Giroux was absolutely a terrific captain. And I don't understand like people, the people who say that he wasn't good enough as a captain, they, they just, they have no information to go along with what they're saying. They're just throwing things out there because they're the same people that trashed Mike Richards back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's honestly baffling that people would even say these things, but I mean, I guess every fan base has this, one contingent of rogue, insane people who just go against the grain. 
So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the Flyers have it in spades, unfortunately. And, you know, it's probably is not the case because you always talk about the, the vocal minority online that present themselves. And I, I feel like there are more reasonable Flyers fans that aren't in the uh, Claude Giroux department. And I'll say yeah. that based on the, the game I went to the other night, the game on 317, the thousandth game, that crowd was there for Claude Giroux. They were there, they were engaged, they loved their captain, and it made me very proud as a, a Flyers fan to be amongst that crowd and to really show Claude just how much he meant to us, because as you said, like he is a guy who has been everything to an entire generation of Flyers fans, and the skill he has had, the uh, the grit, the hustle, the determination, and just like, I, I think he might, he's probably one of the most skilled puck handlers in Flyers history, without a doubt. Just the, Definitely. some of these moves he's made, we talked about the one against Tampa Bay, where he does the stick lift and goes between like four guys and scores a goal, like unbelievable stuff he's done. Doing the Datsuk twice. He did it against, uh, he did it against um, Toronto one maybe, time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did it against Toronto. I know he did it against someone else. I can't remember the other team, but. Um, just his insane I mean then he scored that one goal against the Thrashers way long ago where he just he skated used his edges to get around the entire defense and then he just like tucked the puck into the wide open net Um, his skills were just off the charts and um, it's actually funny I remember a few years back probably in like 2015 or something like that um, GoPro did a really fun series with like all the top um nhl players at the time and they had one with drew where he was wearing a gopro and it showed his stick handling from hit like a first person perspective i don't know how he does what he does it's just it's insane they they threw like 300 pucks at him all at once and he had one puck on his stick and he was dodging each and every puck that came in his vicinity with his stick it, it was it was crazy like if you ever like watch it. It, it it's honestly mind-blowing how how skilled he is with the puck so um yeah i feel like he has to be one of the top uh puck handlers in flyers history for sure and um one thing i do want to say you mentioned the 1000th game and how good the the crowd was i think what impressed me the most of that night was and of that crowd was just how when you look back at the games leading up to his 1000th that arena was empty there were a lot of empty seats for just about every game in the lead up to that and the fact that it was almost a sold out crowd just for Giroux was it was so awesome to see and I'm curious to see what will happen um against the Islanders Sunday uh today oh, as well. oh it's I okay I will say this much I checked the the seats on SeatGeek like yesterday afternoon because I half considered going if the the seats were cheap enough and they were like 28 bucks for the minimum so you know not quite as low as it it might be half full today we'll see but it's it's not going to be pretty for the rest of the season there's yeah. really no incentive to go like without Giroux like they've got some decent young players but you don't even have Couturier playing right now and you know I I, I I know we have limited time left, so I do want to mention his successors, but I I would like to do another show this week. I'd like to keep talking about Claude Giroux and celebrating Claude Giroux. I think we're probably going to be doing this for the rest of the season, frankly, because he is a, a, a pivotal flyer. But I think it's an important time to mention his successors on this team and the guys that are going to have to pick up the torch moving forward because... 
obviously, if the Flyers want to succeed, they're going to have to build more talent from the draft and free agency and stuff. But there are a couple guys that we can still celebrate internally that are important to this team moving forward. And I think no matter what happens, these three guys that I'm about to mention are very important to the Flyers in the next few years. And the first one is Sean Couturier. I think a lot of people have presumed him as the next captain of the Flyers. Uh, He's under contract for a good damn long time until 2030. And he's going to be here. Yeah. I was about to say for like until the turn of the decade, he's here. So it's going to be a while. And he's already in a while. And he's already been a flyer for like a decade already. So actually it has been a decade. Yeah. He's the longest tenured flyer on the team now, which is weird because it it feels like he's still so young, but he's like 29 years old and it does not feel like that at all. But 19 years old, he started playing for the flyers. Yeah, yeah, and then he immediately had a hat trick against the Penguins in the in the playoffs. Just chef's kiss, beautiful. But he he's yeah, he's I would say the best player on the team. I feel like we could probably all agree on that now that he's uh, that Giroux's gone. It's probably Coots, and um, the big question now is like his health and will he be the same when Giroux isn't around? And I, I feel like. I feel like he could be. I feel like he will be. I feel like Sean Couturier has so drastically evolved as a player in the past few years. Yeah. Like as I note here, he had four, he has 460 points in 721 games played in his career, and 269 of those points have come in 305 games played since his offensive breakthrough in 2017-18. So uh, really he's poured it on in the past few years. Now, a lot of that has come with Claude Giroux playing on the same line as him. They've been a, a really dynamic duo. So will that offense taper off a little bit? Like, I think Sean Couturier is still going to score points. And I think he's still going to to be good offensively. But he really is going to need somebody else to to really carry the burden as far as that puck handling goes. And, and not to say that Sean Couturier is a poor puck handler, but Claude Giroux is an elite puck handler. Yeah. And I do kind of wonder, like now that Giroux is gone, I wonder if we're going to see um, one of the younger players kind of come in and really be given the opportunity where, um, you know, so there's so much talk about Flyers, the the organization wanting their all their players to be good 200 foot players, you know, <laughs> abandon the offense, focus on the defensive game. I wonder if they're going to allow one of the younger players to really just go all out offensively from this point on in order to fill those shoes left by Giroux. Um, And one of those players, I feel like I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I I feel like um, Joel Farabee could be one. I feel like Konechny could be one. Um, Assuming Konechny doesn't get moved. And that's, yeah, that's another. Konechny's an interesting one in the move department. I really don't know what's going to happen with him, but I I like Travis Konechny more than I think a lot of this fan base does, or at least maybe the the vocal minority that complains all the time on Twitter. Uh, But that's an interesting point. And I also wonder about like Morgan Frost, who has been getting increasing ice time lately. Like Morgan Frost, you want to see more from him. It's Ottawa. He was he was rough that night. Yeah, yeah. But I like I would like to see him if if anybody has the raw skill, right, to maybe get some of the puck handling down. Like in theory, he does, but he really has not shown us much lately or at all, and it sucks. But I'd like to see. I don't know anything from him because I know if anybody can handle the puck, in theory, it's him. Uh, but you mentioned you know Konechny and uh, Farabee is a big one. And I love Joel yeah. Farabee. I, I really think 
Say what you will about the Braden Shen trade. There's definitely pluses and minuses to that, but Joel Farabee has been a fantastic part of that trade, no matter what your opinion of it. And when I believe it was actually Frost that they used that pick on in the Shen trade. I believe they used that first round pick on Frost. I could be wrong. I think they got two picks out of it, and one of them was Farabee and one of them was Frost. That's right. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, I'm forgetting which one was which. But yeah, you're right. yeah. yeah I, well, I talked a lot about this trade over here. So it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you know. Yeah, you know what, what it was. Very embedded in my head. But like Farabee, you know, the the interesting comment came the other day when Mike Yo said that Claude Giroux told him that Joel Farabee is going to break his records here. Like Claude Giroux very vocally named his successor there. And I thought that yeah. was a, a fascinating statement because Joel Farabee, as much as I love him as a hockey player, I think he's very good. I, he wasn't the first guy I would think of to break Claude Giroux's records here. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think it would be him either, but I can I can kind of see it because he is skilled um, and he does play a pretty solid 200-foot game, which obviously the Flyers love. And um, I just – I thought it was so poetic that it was him that scored that game-winning goal in the 1,000th game because, like – uh, just based off of everything Giroux was saying in the lead up to that game, basically saying, passing the torch on to Farabee, saying that he's going to break all my records. And then for him to score that game winner. Um, and he looked good, like pretty much that entire game with Hayes. Him and, and it's good to see Hayes returning pretty healthy. Um, he's another core member of this group moving forward. I know the contract is probably not the most popular amongst a lot of fans, but um I just I do feel like Farabee's kind of the next logical guy to be like um, a f- kind of fan favorite type dude. Um, I don't I don't know if he's going to ever hit a point per game pace like Giroud typically was, but um, I do think he's skilled enough to be an electrifying player in the NHL for sure. And um, it's it is funny though I, I didn't really ever see him being <laughs> the next like cornerstone of the franchise i never imagined that would be the case but i guess i also never imagined Giroux would play on a team that's not the flyers either so that that was something that i hadn't even considered until the sean couturier contract got signed like before couturier signed that long extension like i didn't even consider the fact that Claude Giroux might not be a flyer after the season i was like there's no chance it's like they're gonna make it work because He's a flyer for life. It, it just seemed like a no-brainer. And then this team just flat out stunk at a certain point. Like, there was, you know, hot and cold moments. And then those 10-game losing streaks hit. And you're like, holy shit. I think they're going to have to trade G. Like, I already thought signing him was going to be, you know, hairy. But they might make it work. But then when they just stunk, it really hit me. And I, I feel like... So I've been not emotional about like I've been bummed about this but like I feel like I haven't gotten as emotional about this because I mentioned my age before and like I've already this franchise has already made me bitter with Mike Richards and Eric Lindros before so yeah maybe it didn't hit me as hard because of that but also I very mentally accepted this a couple months ago and I've been ready for this this sad moment to happen so I, I feel like I mentally prepared myself for this yeah, no, I think I, um, I I do think that it's I have been mentally prepared for it. And I feel like this it kind of dragged on long enough this season where um, it was you could like it, it was the, the writing was on the wall. Like after a while, it kind of became evident that the Flyers weren't going to be competing for a cup. And if they weren't going to be com- competing for a cup and Giroux's contract was going to be ex- expiring, 
why keep him around? Like send him somewhere where he can he can be competitive and be in the running for for a cup. And I mean, Florida is exactly that. But um, it at least it wasn't like a sudden thing, you know, at least it wasn't just like Flyers trade Giroux. It wasn't like a PK Subban situation where no one saw it coming, you know, oh, yeah, I can't. That was rough. Like, yeah, that would have been insane. Um, but like, at least we kind of had time to prepare and understand like, okay, this, this is his last ride. And then the send off was, was just kind of the, the icing on the cake for the whole thing. And it was, it was a great way to end his 10 years of flyer. Um, assuming he, assuming it really is it, um, for his days in Philadelphia. But yeah, if it, oh my God, could you imagine if they just sent him away? Like, like PK Subban style, no warning, just there we go. Trade, trade is done. And that would have been, I can't even imagine what the fan reaction would have been. Well, it w- I can imagine it would have been like Mike Richards and Jeff Carter getting sent away, yeah. which was just such a, a stunning, shocking moment when it happened. Like there's not that many Flyers moments that like, you know, non-game moments that I can really remember exactly where I was when I heard about it. But I remember exactly where I was when the Richards and Carter had trades happen because i was at my my old job i worked in jenkintown at this very funky weird office near the train station and i just remember being at my desk like looking at twitter on a desktop because uh i don't know i don't know why (laughs) but i was looking at it on the desktop and i went like are you fucking serious like i just lost my mind and there was one other flyer stand in the office and i like very like mac and always sunny style like huffily walked over his desk like hey Hey, you'll never know what happened. You never, never guess what happened. <laughs> they traded Carter and they're trading Richards. What the hell is going on? Couldn't believe I it. I feel like this is also one of those situations for me where I'm going to remember everything I did the day of the Giroud trade. Like, I remember yesterday I went out to brunch with my girlfriend. I had some chicken and waffles. It was great. Beautiful day here in Richmond, Virginia. And then I get home and I'm just hanging out for a bit. And then I see the news. I'm like, Oh boy. So I had to like update my story. The news are of Drew getting traded and everything. And um, I mean, it's yesterday, the whole day is going to be plastered in my mind for the rest of my life. And it's just, it, it, it's such a significant day and we all knew it was coming, but it's, that still doesn't like really um, lessen the impact that it's going to have on my life at all. Like my hockey, my life is, is a hockey fan. Um, it's just, it's the end of an era. I'm still lost for words because it just, it still doesn't, I feel like it hasn't really totally hit me yet. Even though I've been expecting this for really months at this point, it really feels like I'm like, I'm in denial. It's like <laughs> one of the three stages of, of mourning. It's like denial, uh, bird, um, bargaining something like I don't know. It, it's, I feel like I'm not through the entire stage yet where um, I've accepted the fact that he's no longer a flyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to accept. It really is. It's such a big deal in your, your hockey fandom and your hockey life. I was walking. So I got the notification that the trade was going down. Like I left my house for the first time all day and I got the notification on my phone, like when I was on a SEPTA bus and I'm just like, Oh my God, now the news is going to break now that I can't jump on a green room or anything like, come on. So I was just refreshing that. 
and then we were getting a, a, a drink and dinner before going to a show. So I was just walking along Lombard Street, risking my life, refreshing Twitter over and over my phone to see what the details were, because it excruciatingly linked out or leaked out over like a while. And then yeah, so long. this goddamn Hampus Lindholm trade was happening at the same time. Like, I don't give a shit about a guy named Hampus. That's a fake name. I kept seeing like, um, in return, they're getting like a first, a second, a fourth, a fourth, a fifth. And I was just like, oh my God, is that the Zuru trade? And then I was like, I keep seeing Hampus Lindholm's name. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> can I please get the full details of this fucking Zuru trade? My God. It was excruciating. Um, it was absolutely it was so, excruciating. Yeah. I just, I was refreshing Twitter for an hour straight. And finally, it, it all started to slowly leak out and Twitter started to slowly get more and more angry. <laughs> and it was, it was funny to watch it all unfold like in real time. Now, Ryan, I know you got to get going in a moment, but before we go, I just wanted to mention the other name I had here for Claude Giroux's successor, uh, Scott Lawton, who's kind of the fan favorite for next captain at this point. I mean, he's a, a tough, gritty player. He's been active with the Flyers since 2012-13. Uh, point totals are not spectacular. His highest point season was 2018-19. He had 32 points in 82 games. And then in 1920, he had uh, 0.55 points per game, so his best points per game. He's shown flashes of being a top six player, but he's more of a Swiss army knife throughout the, the roster. So like he's more of like a, a maybe emotional, like gritty uh, successor to Giroud than the other two who are more statistical successors. Yeah. And I feel like he's kind of, I don't think people realize just how long he's been in the Flyers organization. He's been, he was drafted a decade ago. It's it doesn't feel like it at all. He was a Paul Holmgren pick. Yeah. Like he was, a, he's an older player. Um, or, or at least on paper he is. I, I believe he's, what, like 28, 29 years old. Oh, um, baby. By the way, we got some breaking news. Robert Haig being acquired from the Buffalo Sabres to the Florida Panthers. So he's joining Claude Giroux. Oh, God. They're Giroux getting the band back together. He can't escape. Oh, my God. This is oh my god i have to stay out a little bit longer now like why why is Giroux? why does this keep happening to him why oh my god oh this is amazing i'm so glad i refreshed twitter at just that moment he has to deal with Hague again dude i oh you know what at least he's probably not going to be playing with Hague nearly as much as he will like Ekblad or you know any of the other um any of the, any of the other good defensemen they have there i mean gudas i mean let's look at all the bob roski bob gudas Giroux, haig i feel like there's someone i'm missing in there too but um all of a sudden the the florida panthers are like the former flyers it's it's weird it's a weird I swear to God, you go. if you're going to find something that makes Flyers fans more bitter than the LA Kings of uh, like 2011, 12, you know, like <laughs> those LA Kings teams with Richards, Carter, Gagne and everything. This is the only scenario I think that could possibly make Flyers fans more bitter. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. That would be that'd be insane. It's it's kind of like when the Rangers or when the uh, Lightning were, are, I mean, they're still winning all those cups, but um, like the Rangers fans were just so pissed because half the team is like former Rangers, which is hilarious to me. But um, yeah, I, I don't, this has thrown me off. Like I was going to say Scott Lawton. I like I want to give Scott Lawton the respect he deserves, but like this Robert Hague shit is just so funny. Body bag Hague. 
Body bag, hey. I do want to touch on Lawton. Like, Lawton is clearly the Flyers love Scott Lawton. Um, he's going to be around for a few more years, I believe, to like 2026. 20, um, he's and he's making for like three. What do we, that's still such a weird contract extension. Like, I think it was like a six year extension making three million a year or something. Yeah, like, just, just straight on. Yeah. Um, but like, I do love Scott Lawton. He's he's got all the qualities of a captain. I feel like he may not be great in terms of statistics, but he's a tough player. Um, he sticks up for his teammates that they love him in the locker room. He's fucking hilarious. Um, and he seems like someone who will kind of step in for players if they're being, you know, criticized and he'll take the blame himself. He's like that kind of guy. Um, I also like and, that he was a leader in the regards of like the diversity um, aspect of it when he spoke to Steph a few weeks ago. And yes, like he's yeah. actually willing to be outspoken on those kind of issues, which I love. He's a legitimately good dude. Yeah. And I feel like that's uh, not to say that Drew, like Drew was an awesome dude from what I can tell. But um, I feel like Lawton, he's it, like, it's easy to understand why he's kind of like the fan favorite to be the next captain. I feel like he's, um, he's also one of those players too, where I kind of wonder, like given a bigger role, would he have some sort of like statistical renaissance? Like, like Couturier had, would he all of a sudden just have this breakout season at age 27 and just start wilding out with like you know an almost point per game pace. I, I don't think he would, but it it it's something to at least think about. Like, huh, that would be kind of cool if that were to happen. But with obviously Couturier and Hayes in the fold, I feel like he's kind of going to be relegated to third line duties, which is good. I mean, that's a valuable role, and that's a that's a role that teams need. But I mean, Mike Richards was the captain on like the third line of those teams. Yeah, exactly. Like, if people are expecting the you know the captain, the next captain of the Flyers to be the, um, you know, the a point per game player, that's probably not going to be the situation this time. I feel like the Flyers were very lucky to have Giroux for as long as they did and for him to be the captain as long as he was. And he led by example. Um, you know, he people are probably not going to be thrilled with the next captain, I feel like. Just because I feel like there's so much so many mixed opinions on Couturier and Lawton and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what the Flyers are going to end up doing. They might not even pick a captain until a couple of years. I know sometimes teams do that where they'll just go without a captain for like two or three years until they find someone who's like the unquestioned leader in the locker room. But yeah, I, I do feel like he's someone that should at least be considered if they decide to throw the C on somebody next season for sure. So I don't know. I, I'm a big Scott Lawton fan. He's, he's, I think he's a valuable piece of this uh of this what remains of this flyers core now and as we've said before he looks like a serial killer so you can't beat that exactly yeah imagine imagine like talking back to him in the locker room he'll like kill you and your family like you have to you have no choice but to <laughs> so that's the main quality i look for in a captain will he <laughs> threaten to kill somebody and their family with just a look <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's exactly what the flyers need in captain right now that's what chris pronger brought to the table it is. And he's, I mean, 
that was like right before my time as being a Flyers fan. But like, from what I can tell, that he was an amazing captain. We were talking about what ifs the other day. Uh, somebody had asked in the the green room, and one of those is like Pronger staying healthy, Pronger being a Flyer longer because he was such a a perfect Flyers defenseman, and one of those guys that. I just wish it played for the Flyers this entire career. If that had been the case, I think the Flyers would have won like five cups if Prager had been a Flyers entire career. That would have been insane because he would have been, he's like a perfect Flyer too. Like they, I definitely think they would have won at least a few cups with him uh, in the fold. And it also makes me wonder like, what if he hadn't gotten hurt? Like how different would Flyers history, recent Flyers history be if he hadn't suffered that eye injury and all those concussion problems? Like what, what could have been? What could have know? been? It would have been totally different. Yeah, yeah, very different. Told. I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, you know, you got a lot of parts with with Kimo Timonen not having to play an increased role and just having a deeper defense. Because when that defense, when your top four was Pronger, Carl, uh, Kimo, and Coburn, like that is such a rock solid top four. And then it really started to break down without Pronger there, and you know. Then you end up with yeah. Mark Strait and Michael Delzato and <laughs> Nick Schultz and Andrew McDonald and Jesus Christ. Assistant coach, Nick Schultz. I think I'm just going to lead off the next show with just all the just atrocity names from the past from the past decade of Flyers hockey that Claude Giroux had to put up with. I hope we got a list. Yeah. I hope we got a long list. It's, it is like, a long list. It might take me two minutes to read the full list. My God. Terrible players. Terrible. Ryan, I know you got to get going, but I'm glad we were able to hop on on a Sunday morning and discuss our boy Claude Giroux and just how valuable he is to us. Like it just as a final note, I just want to, and I said this at the end of the green room, but like Claude, if there's any chance you're listening to this, we just truly appreciate you as Flyers fans and, and everything you did. You were a thrilling, exciting player. And I, I wish you the best of luck moving forward, dude. Yeah. I feel like Giroux is I mean, clearly he's listening to this. This is the number one podcast, I believe, in the world. So um, <laughs> he obviously is listening to it. And uh, Claude, like, you're the reason I like hockey. You're the reason I'm a Flyers fan. You're the reason I even got into the career that I'm in right now. And um, it's it's just so weird to think that he's not part of this team right now. I Like I mentioned before, I'm not – I don't think I've fully accepted it. I'm still in denial. But at some point it's going to hit me. I think probably the next time I watch Megan's video, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to start crying like a, like a toddler, but um, yeah, what a weird feeling it is knowing that he's not wearing the orange and black right now. And, you know, all I can say is go cats, <laughs> go cats, <laughs> gonna win that Stanley cup. It's going to be awesome. Go paths is how I think about them because uh, Tim Pinaccio, <laughs> when Tim Pinaccio used to have just the strangest abbreviations for things and like the Panthers became the paths with him. And that always cracked me up and I still use it in tweets to this day because it was so funny. Pants, baby. Paths. Go paths. All right, folks, that's all we got for you. And it was plenty. We're going to be talking about Claude Giroux all week. We might be doing something Monday. We might be doing another flight this week you know we got so much going on but make sure to subscribe to broad street hockey on spotify and apple podcasts and all those fun things in order to follow along if you have any feedback for us the best place is twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach ryan at ryan where will they find you at ryan quiggs with a z excellent 
You can find me <laughs> at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and we're on a variety of social medias that you can find us on. Oh, wow. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, G. Wow. Wow. GG. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stro Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.